This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Well, it is On the Block. It is not with Stricken Austin, though. It's with Bach and Austin. Bach, how's it going? That's right. I don't have quite the experience that uh, Strick has on the court, but you know what? I've still played a few games of basketball, and I know a thing or two about sports, so it's going pretty well. What, what position were you? What did you play? Um, I couldn't handle the ball too well, so I would just say a, probably a shooting guard, small forward type. And this was before, you know, this was before shooting took over. Otherwise, I think <laughs> I would have been played more, I, I think. <laughs> well, hey, shooting is that's, that's the point of the game, right? If you're not that's getting right. your shots up, you can't win if you don't score. Yes, I respect that's right. Threes, threes are worth more than two, and it took us a long yes. time to figure that out. It's funny how simple math can be so complicated sometimes. That's right. <laughs> now, don't get me started on have we gone too far with threes. That is a conversation for a different day. Okay. Um, Strick and I have had that one. Doesn't always go well. You yeah. Know, think differently. But you know what? <laughs> That's okay. Uh, no Strick today. He'll be back later in the week, uh, giving him the day off here with State Baseball. Plenty to get to uh, here during On the Block for the next hour. Uh, yeah, shout out Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Uh, Charles and his crew down at 27th and Pine Lake. And not open today, not open tomorrow. Uh, but go check them out on Wednesday. Uh, again, best soul food you can get in Lincoln. They'll fix you a plate. You will be very happy. Um, not very happy today, Bach. Husker fans. Yeah. Dylan Riola commits to Georgia. Not overly surprising. I think it was just a matter of time. There were rumblings that he was a silent commit. But starting with that, I feel like we have to have that conversation just because <laughs> it is the, the big news of the day. Not as much about Dylan Riola. When you look at the, the quarterback position in the future, does this just put that much more importance on Jeff Sims being the guy for the next two years? Uh, absolutely, because, uh, I mean, I, I think Purdy and, and, and Heinrich Harburg are, are both probably at points of calling them developmental quarterbacks. Um, so you've got one that you can play, and, and, and again, like you said, Ryla would be in that in that category too, just coming in as a freshman. But um, it, it's crazy how fast that room went from okay, you got a lot of guys, a lot of options, um, and maybe that's the reason why you didn't go after a high school recruit in the twenty twenty three class. To now, you have three guys, one guy you feel comfortable with, and <laughs> hopefully nothing happens to him. Um, so I mean, they they've got some room to do with that quarterback. Room. I mean, they've got some work to do in that that quarterback room. Um, I'm interested to see if they go after a freshman um, for for this class, or if they continue just like Nebraska has the last two years. This will be the second consecutive year they have a uh, starter out of the portal. If they continue to use that, I think they can. Uh, but I think ideally, you would you know get a young guy in as well. That's ideal, but at this point, it's slim pickings. I'm sure most of the quarterbacks are committed at this point. What are you really going to get? And if you don't get one, that to me makes it important that Jeff Sims is good this year, but not so good that he leaves. Because yeah. if he's gone and you don't have a quarterback <laughs> that you, you fully trust for the 2024 season, that's a problem. To me, though, this puts a lot of pressure on the 25 and 26 classes, where, okay, you struck out in 2024 with both Dylan Riola and Daniel Kalen, who ends up at Missouri. Again, understandable you miss on Kalen that you were pursuing Riola. Unfortunate that you know you put all those eggs in that basket and you miss on him. 
But if you think you have the guy in Jeff Sims, if you think he's going to be here for two years, it gives you a year to target that guy for 25. Now, you might need a bridge starter that year while the guy sits. But to me, those guys are out there in the portal, yes, to get for a year. But also, the quarterback position is so important. I get building the trenches first. Offensive line, defensive line, absolutely do that. But to me, I would have a lot more confidence in this staff if they truly develop like a homegrown such as it is Husker not necessarily from in the in the state of Nebraska yeah. if it is great but if not just have a guy that you bring in redshirt him a year then he plays two to four really solid years at Nebraska to me that's the most consistent way to do it and we haven't seen that at Nebraska in so long yeah it's crazy too because you know back in back in the day you kind of thought that maybe you had more time you're thinking all right for this class and that class you get I mean you get you're so tied to your quarterback and your quarterback choices um nowadays it's crazy I mean when you think about Scott Frost he had Adrian Martinez, and he rode with Adrian Martinez. And by the time that the Adrian Martinez experiment had failed, um, Scott Frost was, you know, three games away with the new quarterback from from being fired. Uh, so it, it's it's crazy how closely tied you can be with that. And you know, you think of that from the opposite of what if he just would have picked Joe Burrow? I'm not saying Joe <laughs> again. We have to go through this conversation every time. I'm not sure if Joe Burrow would have done what he did at LSU, but I think it's safe to assume um, Nebraska might have probably <laughs> had uh, something something sort of uh, you know some something successful come out of that um, and so you know these quarterback choices are big um, the Sims one is is interesting right away because you had a starter in Casey that I think now we can kind of say you, you kind of chased off campus a little bit by going out and getting Jeff Sims um, and so he's he's kind of got the pressure to be better than Casey was last year than Casey will be this year at his current spot um, so it's all it's all very intriguing though I do I, I'm glad that you said uh, what you did say though I, I think at some point it would be nice if Nebraska offense wasn't so quarterback reliant I mean when you think about the Tommy Armstrongs and the Taylor Martinez's mm-hmm. and the Adrian Martinez I mean and, and then when Casey he goes out how the offense is just so reliant on that quarterback and it's put so much on him whereas you think about you know again it depends on what type of football you like but a Wisconsin offense where I mean how many people can even name the quarterback uh, that was <laughs> that was in the 70 uh, you know the 70 point game where they lost in you know in the championship game Nebraska did so um, it's interesting and the Big Ten West I mean uh, has a lot of teams that are kind of in that category we saw last year I mean Tanner Morgan struggling in the first half, half against Nebraska and, and Cal Manis comes in and, and, and helps in, you get the win for Minnesota that doesn't mean Cal Manis is amazing um, it means that Minnesota just has some of the pieces around it and some sometimes that you know you're off that day sometimes you're going um we saw that with Casey even last year but it's just it 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 is you know we we kind I think a lot of people expected this Dylan Riola news but I do think it makes you kind of look at that quarterback room and think there's three and there's not an obvious up and coming next guy and I don't know how you feel I mean depending on how you how you feel as a fan but Purdy and, and Harburg from what we've seen of them Purdy last year Harburg in the spring game uh, I don't know if I'm ready to see those guys, you know, in game time action. Would have liked someone else. I mean, you have the three guys. You have Walsh, the the walk on, who's there, and you have a quarterback room. I'm not going to say a great quarterback room. I can say a terrible quarterback room. You have a quarterback room. You do, yeah. and that's more normal. But again, it comes back to can you get the most out of Jeff Sims for two years? Because then if you can do that, and even if it's not, you know, Jeff Sims being Superman, even if you have wide receivers step up, even if you get back to the running game, you know, get over, you know, 1,700 yards maybe for a target this year, that's a good step in the right direction. Because as much in the NFL as it's about 
who's the best quarterback on the field. The NFL and college are different. You know, it would be fantastic to have the best quarterback in the division. You're not going to have the best quarterback in the conference. You're just not going to. Ohio State exists. Michigan exists. Penn State exists. Right now, Iowa has the best quarterback in the Big Ten West, and you can't change my mind. That guy's Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara. (laughs) What's special about him? Not great, but he's he's good. the best amongst them. He's just solid. He's just a really good, solid, doesn't make mistakes quarterback. If you can get that guy at Nebraska for two to four years, that goes a long way. I get it. The transfer portal exists. There are going to be guys out there. But to me, I would have a lot more confidence in this coaching staff if they prove to me they can pick a quarterback and develop him. Yeah, I mean, in, in the transfer portal, I, I I think that that does calm your fears. I mean, th- this if 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 the transfer portal wasn't here, then you wouldn't be pretty concerned about the depth and, and the guys that are developing behind Jeff Sims. Um, but with the transfer portal there, I mean, it's a band aid. If they if if Jeff Sims leaves after next year and those next guys aren't ready, they can get a start out of the portal. They've shown that the last couple of years. It's not the most high-end guy for what it is, for what it's worth. Casey Thompson, Jeff Sims, not like top 10 transfer portal quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, you can get a, a guy that started and a, and a guy that has some upside, which both of them do. Um, so it's it's not it's not an, an end-of-the-world type of thing, but especially if you're a new coach, you'd like to get in there. Now, I, I'm interested in Kamari McClellan, the, the Alabama um, quarterback that's, that's interesting that is supposed to be visiting in early June in early June is when it is uh and he's um you know not a top ranked quarterback i mean he's barely top 50 uh by a lot of publications as far as quarterbacks around the nation um has some offers uh power 5 offers Nebraska yet to offer and i'm just interested in what they do there because that's at least that's not one that i would think okay they're panicking and they're grabbing a quarterback that's one where if if he comes along if they like the visit i mean maybe the offer goes out and, and he accepts it but i do think if you're Nebraska you know, we, we talked about this scholarship crunch and, and, and where they're at. I mean, it, I don't think you just hand one out to hand one out just to get a guy on campus to, to get him going. Um, I, I don't think you necessarily need to do that because of, of the of the transfer portal. So if McClellan is that guy, if he is a guy that, you know, you, whatever is left that they needed to be done before they they in, they, they send an offer, and maybe that was just getting final word from Dylan Riola. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, if... I don't think they're in a position where they just have to get a guy. I mean, if they feel comfortable with him or whoever else may be, you know, you talk about Daniel Kalen, you talk about guys that uh, Satterfield was was connected to at South Carolina. You know, I, I just don't think they have to get one just to just to get one though. Right, be selective enough. Yeah, it, it, you need a quarterback, but do you need a quarterback right now? Again, to me, it hinges on Jeff Sims. So the pressure is small picture. Be good this year get the era you know started off on the right foot but also don't be too good you know come back for a couple of years and give this coaching staff time that's just my my couple cents um on the the text line Travis and Lincoln says Wisconsin Purdue and Illinois all have better quarterbacks than Iowa they're not more proven but they're better I don't know about that Tanner Mordecai played in a super pass first offense at SMU didn't have as much team success as they you know might have so more talented sure better Eh, I don't know. Hasn't done what Caden McNamara's done. Hudson Card wants to be Caden McNamara. He dresses up as Caden McNamara for Halloween. He does. <laughs> Plain and simple. Caden yeah. McNamara's a better Hudson Card. Illinois doesn't have Tommy DeVito anymore. Yeah. He gone. They're relying right now on Luke Altmaier, who's an Ole Miss transfer. Again, maybe more talented, but didn't do a whole lot at Ole Miss. So, 
no, sorry, Travis. I just disagree with you on that one. Well, and I think there is time to play play it out. I mean, I, this isn't one of those scenarios where kind of like going into last year, it's like, all right, well, C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback in the Big Ten, and to, and to supplant him, you're going to have to be a top pick in the draft. You know, Cade McNamara is, is not that guy. But, I mean, for, I mean, you have to give him respect that he took Michigan – they beat Ohio State. They they went to the you know the Big Ten championship game and won, and they went to the playoffs. And that was all under his leadership two years ago. Mm-hmm. This last year, I still can't believe, and I, I the amount of disrespect that the Michigan uh, staff had toward Colorado State, and I think it was Hawaii, <laughs> where they just said it doesn't really matter. We'll beat these teams. And UConn was in there. UConn was <laughs> in it, and it, it's just like, and, and amongst that, we'll just find out who our quarterback is. <laughs> and I was I was amazed that they did that. But in any case, uh, you know, I think Cade Mc. McNamara gets the edge, um, especially based on you know the the, the the you know that he's been in the Big Ten. It is interesting though. Iowa is getting a, a little bit of a little bit of pub today. I can't remember who it was, but you know somebody saying that they're a little bit underrated coming into the year. Um, I don't know if he elevates them to a spot where I could quite say that. I mean, you feel better than the Spencer Petrus years, <laughs> but. You know, I don't know if you're if you're all of a sudden buying in on Iowa, but somehow they win you know eight games without a quarterback. Um, so I so I get I get the the intrigue there, but um, there is still a Ferentz calling the plays, so <laughs> I'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'll have to be proven wrong on that one, I guess. And all they have to do is get to twenty five points to keep him around. So <laughs> come on, right. Cade, you can do it. I believe in you, buddy. Um, Brad on the text line says everyone is better than Nebraska. Brad, are you talking about at quarterback or in the division? Because right now it's hard to say otherwise in the division, but I think Jeff Sims is a thoroughly middle-of-the-road Big Ten West quarterback right now. I mean, he's going to be better Northwestern's guy. Minnesota not fully sold on Kaliak Manis yet, even though he did tear Nebraska up last year. We'll have to wait and see on him. We mentioned the transfers at those other places. Don't know about them. Again, to me, it's no doubt that McNamara is the top. Everyone other than that, you can tell me they're two through seven, and I, I wouldn't have... Too much of a bone to pick with you. Eric, though, hits on a good point, Bach. Again, develop an offensive line first. It's hard to develop a quarterback when he has to run for his life every time he drops back. Um, since Nebraska, in his opinion, doesn't have even an average quarterback on the roster, they should spend the next couple of years developing an O-line. So when they do get a quality quarterback, they can develop him. Yes, football 101. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, it's hard. I mean, with both those, both those things. If you talk about development um, um, along the along all fronts with the new coaching staff, um, you know, a, a lot of new coaching coaching, uh, you know, uh, assistant coaches in on in, in these position groups. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be key for all of them. Uh, you know, you're, you're rarely going to see a good quarterback with a bad offensive line, uh, in or you know, kind of the reverse. I mean, a good offensive <laughs> line can really make a quarterback. Uh, look pretty darn good. So, uh, I mean, both these things are key, and I think that at least, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Matt Rules had had you know, some offensive line experience, um, and I, I mean, I wouldn't say that this is necessarily like you went out and just got an offensive line coach to be your coach or anything like that. But I, I think that this coaching staff, at least what they're preaching is that they understand the importance of, of line play. And in, mm-hmm. in Nebraska fans, if, if you weren't convinced by now, you probably are, that this this is a league that's won on the front lines. And um, I, th- I think that the, the commitment should be there, it, but it's it's harder than just saying, okay, 
you know, even hire this guy. Like I, we always give credit to like Iowa and Wisconsin. Like they could just roll over any any offensive line coach and, and get the same results because they're Iowa and Wisconsin. It, Iowa's you know, offensive line was it's not bad that last simple. Year. Now I, I was had struggles in in recent years, uh, but you know Tristan Wirfs and, and all the the guys that they've they've gone on to the NFL. I'm just saying I I I like the fact that the that the emphasis is back on the offensive line. I'm just saying it takes a little bit more than that to get it back mm-hmm. to what to what you would need it to be in the Big Ten West. But, I mean, that's the start, and that's where we'll see uh, if these guys can come through with it, which, again, I think is a, a fascinating side note to the whole Dylan Riola thing is, is uh, you know, his uncle and, and having two staffs now. Um, I, and I'll say the first one, kind of take a chance on him because his, his resume wasn't where you necessarily would ta- typically take an offensive line coach, and now the second staff coming and say, we're going to retain this guy. You know how, how much of that had to do with any chance that Dylan is kind of interesting, intriguing. Years down the line, we might look at it, but I'll say this too. I mean, I, I, I think Donovan's doing a, you know, a good job. I think that offensive line improved in pass protection, I suppose, as the year went along. Um you know, on the ground, Anthony Grant really struggled toward the end of the year, but at the same time, you didn't have much of a passing threat, so it's kind of hard to say. Um, but you know, I've always kind of thought, if I'm a Nebraska fan, give me like a, if if you need some nasty in your front line, go go get a Riola, you know, to help coach sure. it. Uh, I've even gone as far as to say it's incognito, but I'm not sure. I don't know if you go that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna back <laughs> off that one. I'm gonna demur. No comment. That's there. a little too much nastiness, maybe. Potentially. Um. So there's your dose of reality. No Dylan Riola for Nebraska quarterback position. Still on settled for the next couple years here's the optimism nebraska's going bowling all right here first oh sweet well not for me from brett mcmurphy oh okay. Uh, he's writing for action network um projections are out brett mcmurphy uh has nebraska like i just said going to a bowl game which bowl game you might ask the las vegas bowl hey there you that's go. right being played in las vegas nebraska care to guess who their opponent is I don't even know who the crossover there is. Um, it's a Pac-12 team. I will grant you that. Okay, Pac-12 team. I'm going to go with, my goodness, it's probably toward the toward the end of the Pac-12 making the, making the uh, bowl games there. There's some good Pac-12 teams. I'm trying to think of a not-so-good Pac-12 team. You know what? It's taking me too long. I can't, it's not Arizona, Arizona State. Utah, that'd be a good Utah. one. Yeah, I'll take that one. Brett McMurphy has Utah favored by 11 points. In the Los <laughs> He's Vegas already got it right okay. now. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, Nebraska, again, from Brett McMurphy going to the Las Vegas does, Bowl. Does that do anything for you? I mean, there's so many years. Nebraska always predicted to go to the to a bowl game. And, and in fairness, not bad predictions. They've had the roster talent to do it. They just haven't had the, you know, seemingly have had a coach in the way for a while. Um, but, I, you know, the, to me, I see these things and I just kind of go, well, okay, at least it lets me know the national expectation is still for Nebraska to be at least that good. Mm-hmm. And that makes me think, okay, well, I'm not going crazy then. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, to me, it's less about the Las Vegas Bowl specifically because that you're six and six, most likely, yeah. maybe seven and five. To me, it's more, hey, they got back to the postseason. This is a good year one. This is, they accomplished oh, yeah. what they needed to. Um, so for me, it's more big picture than it is, oh my gosh, they'll be playing in late December, you know mid-late December yeah. in Las Vegas. Las Vegas would be nice. I got the new stadium there, though. That's true. Yeah. Playing the Death Star. Yeah. Um, other Big Ten Bowl projections that stood out to me, Minnesota to the Quick Lane Bowl. Again, probably 6-6, six 7-5. Six, and five. 
17-point favorites over Central Michigan. <laughs> Take that, Chippewas. Okay, we'll see that. Uh, first Responder Bowl has Michigan State as a field goal favorite over Oklahoma State. I do not feel good about Michigan State losing I don't feel Peyton good about Thorne. Oklahoma State. Yeah, that too. They didn't look good toward the end. I just, I, you know, with the Peyton Thorne thing, um, and I know he didn't play pre, you know, great last year, but he also lost Coleman, the receiver, their mm-hmm. leading receiver. Their, sa- their secondary has been awful for a couple years. I don't know. I, I just I don't know if Michigan State's going bowling. Do you think Maryland's going bowling? Absolutely. I'm high on Maryland. They're going to Phoenix, according to Brett McMurphy, to play Baylor in the Guaranteed hey, Rate Bowl. Yeah, I'd watch that. Uh, here's a game I would not watch uh, for multiple reasons. Number one, it features Iowa. And number <laughs> okay. two, it's being played at Yankee Stadium, and oh, I don't like the Yankees. Yikes. Yes, the Pinstripe Bowl, Iowa and North Carolina State. Hmm. No more Tim Beck at North Carolina State, so that's obviously going to hurt him. I actually, I, I don't know if you know this about me, I like watching Iowa football. Not because I like Iowa University, because I like defense and special ah. teams and just like how how much they need them to make a big play. Um, and it and it happens, you know, and it, routinely. It's it's Every just it's, it's entertaining to me to just like when is it? When's the safety? When's the pick six <laughs> that's going to bail Iowa out of this jam? That's uh, fair it's <laughs> yeah, unfortunate yeah, well, but it's fair yeah it is what it is here's a matchup that might surprise you texas and usc mm. in the alamo bowl mm. that does surprise me that and i guess i was thinking wait big 10 implications there's not a big 10 team in there but usc is kind of big 10 mm-hmm. uh yeah no i i mean i think a lot of people expect a lot more out of usc and some people expect more out of texas i mean i, I think that's probably in line with what about, about i expect from texas but um, you know, I mean, the Pac-12 is going to be competitive. So if USC doesn't quite make it out to the Rose Bowl, I mean, I, 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 that would shock me, I suppose. We're getting to that in just a second. The last two actual Big Ten teams in uh, non-New Year's Six Bowls, Illinois and Arkansas in Nashville for the Music City Bowl. <laughs> and then Wisconsin right and Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl. Mm. Now to the New Year's Sixes. You're down to three Big Ten teams, the Big Three and the Big Ten okay. right now. Uh, left for New Year's Sixes. Who do you think Brett McMurphy has going to the playoff right now? Um, I'd say he's probably got an edge to Michigan. It is Michigan. Yeah. He has them playing Florida State in the Rose Bowl. Mm, a, lot of, a lot of interest in Florida State. There's that. Um, okay, then that leaves Ohio State and Penn State on the outside looking in, according to Brett McMurphy. He has LSU, Penn State in the Peach Bowl. That'd be a good one. And Clemson, Ohio State in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I can't argue against those. Uh, the other CFP semifinal then would be Georgia and Washington. Mm, there's your pack. Washington, Bach. Washington. <laughs> if Michael Penix Jr. said that they can win the national championship, apparently Brett McMurphy was listening. Uh, listening a little bit, but not fully. He has Georgia beating them. Oh, okay. <laughs> he does have Michigan, though, uh, taking down Florida State. He has them as six-point favorites. He only has Georgia as a two-point favorite over Michigan mm. in the national championship right now. That's fascinating because, you know, Michigan's Michigan's right there, but they feel like they're a little far away. You know, the loss to TCU, the blowout against yeah. Georgia the last two years, and, you know, then people pile on and say, you know, Harburg, Harbaugh never wins uh, bowl games or whatever. I, I could care less about that. He's getting them to the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe a healthy Blake Corm makes quite a big of a difference. I, I'm not sure. Um, I don't. I, I will say this. I don't quite trust Michigan in the playoffs. I trust Nor them to, you. To, to maybe get there, but yeah. yeah. Georgia with quarterback questions, again, still the SEC favorite. That's going to be an interesting storyline to watch. Uh, the other New Year's Six Bowls include Oregon and Tulane in the Fiesta Bowl. 
Uh, and Texas Tech and Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Huh. Texas Tech. That's a surprise. And Brett McMurphy, I think, just kind of threw darts to the board for some <laughs> Sounds, sounds like a little bit. Let's, let's reach my hand into the Big 12 here, around the ground a little bit. Texas Tech, okay, that I'm is, going with the Red Raiders. That is Wreck the Big em. 12 this year, though. Who's Who would be your pick? I don't even know. Like, I don't know if Texas? I trust Oklahoma to take that biggest step forward. Texas has got to do it. Yeah. K-State, I think, has could a lot of pieces. Yeah, could be. I'd probably lean them, Lose Deuce but Vaughn, not confident. Though. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty open, Big Twelve. I don't know if I'd lean, I don't think I'd land on Texas Tech, but that's fine. I good for you, Brett McMurphy. Again, that's uh, Brett McMurphy of Action Network uh, talking about the uh, bowl projections. I'll put Bo here on our first segment. We'll talk some NBA when we get back. Jason Tatum is that dude. Goes off for fifty points. What comes next for Philly uh, and some other coaching openings? We'll get into all that and more as we continue here on the block.